sometime. I'll give it to you later on. But uh, uh, you may be wondering where the key is to it. I've got it. They're supposed to do some work on that old sign out there, so <clears throat> maybe you'll still have to use the key. I don't know. Certainly good to see those of you. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, the first chapter. Nehemiah, the first chapter. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Nehemiah, the first chapter. And uh, I'm only going to read to you the first verse, the first two verses. And then we, I'll tell you the title of my message this morning. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 1, and verse 1 says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, and it came to pass in the, in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, in, in the palace that Hananiah, one of my brethren came and he certain men of Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews what, what had that had escaped were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem gracious heavenly father we thank you for this day thank you for the blessing of it thank you for your word Lord, and uh, we're thankful for this Nehemiah, Lord. Uh, I've, I've studied the whole book over the years, and Lord, uh, he was an unusual character. Lord, I pray that you bless us, bless us as we study about it today, bless us as we preach this message this morning, for it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <coughs> I'm going to preach on intercessory praise. That means praying for one another. It's one thing that we should never, should never not do. Is not pray for one another. Should always pray for one another. <clears throat> it was Trench, the poet, the poet who said, "My prayers are the one grace." My foe cannot refuse. And he went on to say, I can get at him through the God of heaven. You know, you don't have any enemies if you pray for them. <clears throat> but if you refuse to pray for them, then, yeah, there are some, possibly some enemies. But if you pray for someone, they can't be your enemy. Or you can't pray for them. That's what the... The poet is referring to here. He says, My prayers are the one grace my foe cannot refuse. I can get at him through the God of heaven. Prayer is one of the greatest privileges and one of the and one of the mightiest forces with which the soul of man has to do. It's a great privilege. We have a great privilege. I hope and pray that everybody uses it. We have a great privilege. I spend a lot of my time in prayer. When 
I'm here at church or whether I'm home or whatever I'm doing, I spend a lot of time in prayer, spend a lot of time praying. Through prayer, Elijah <coughs> shut, shut up head, the heavens to rain three and one half years. All Elijah did was get down on his knees and pray, and the rain, rain stopped, and, uh, and if you pray, it started back up. Prayer is a prayer is a great thing. It is part of our heavenly calling to pray for others. We should pray for one another. We should always remember one another in prayer and pray for them and pray that the Lord will see fit, take care of them. You know, we we have a tendency to get upset sometimes with people. But I tell you, if you pray for somebody, you can't be upset with them. That's that's the key to it right there. You pray for someone, you can't be upset with them. <clears throat> Some of the prevailing characteristics of praying. There is earnest, there is earnestness in, of praying. The Bible states that Nehemiah he wept, mourned, and fasted. Uh, for in verse four, um, people, I, some man. Back some time back, uh, I offered him something, and he said no. He says we're fasting and praying. And I asked him, I said, "Who are you praying for?" Uh, when you, he said, "Oh, we, we we don't pray," he said, "We just fast and pray." And uh, I don't understand all that, but uh, there's earnestness in praying. The Bible states that he wept, mourned, and fasted in verse 4. This was no formal prayer. It was the outcome of a soul who saw a great need. Do we, have, we have a great need today, everybody. All of us have great need. I don't care who we are. We may think we've got it. We may think we know the right people, and we may think that the, the people that that uh, we know are the right people and, and that we, uh, we, we just pray for the certain people. But we, we should pray for everybody. I, um, I, had, I had the privilege, I don't know if it's probably the privilege or not, but I had the privilege of many years ago of going to the, uh, the home in Cincinnati, Ohio, for that, where you see it on television a lot, um, it, it's it's a home where a lot of crippled kids are, and where they take care of them. I, I I went to visit with someone up there that had to take their child there to, to that uh, shrine, that uh, hospital up there in Cincinnati. And every time I see that advertised on television, they advertise on television all the time. I, I pray. I pray for those kids. Pray for every one of them. I, you see them up there. I know when I went up there, you saw kids up there that didn't have any arms. They just had feet and legs. And you saw kids up there that that only have one arm. They wouldn't have, or they have. There's one child up. I remember, he had an arm that's about that long. One of them. And the other arm was normal. 
And uh, they were born like that. Some of them were born blind. Some of them were born in different ways. And, you know, we, we look at these little kids here. I, I watch uh, Reed and them run around here. Reed run in, run out there to meet Brother Sam this morning. And uh, just wonderful to know that these kids can, can that there's nothing wrong with any of them. They're all well. They're all, we're thankful for that. You, you, you go up there to Shriners Hospital up there in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I had to, I didn't have to go. I went to visit with someone up there, a family that had to take their child up there because the child was born deformed. And they took it up there and turned it over to them. And, uh, but I pray for them. I pray for these. They have this advertisement on television about these, uh, the ship. It, it's a ship that, I don't know how many of you have seen it. They've seen it on television. It's a ship where that they do operations and they do special <laughs> operations on some of these kids that, that, uh, got problems. Um, and, and I wind up praying for those kids. I don't, I don't know if it's something about children being sick that just bothers me to no end. I know, I know old people get sick. I know that. And I pray for old people when they're sick. But um, especially these, these children, um, I pray for them. The knowledge of praying, the, the great knowledge of praying. Nehemiah could only pray as he knew the, as he knew the God of prayer. You can't pray if you don't know the Lord. How can you pray if you don't know the Lord? You have to know who the Lord is before you can pray. He said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him. In verse 5, Nehemiah knew at, at God's greatness, he knew of God's greatness, Nehemiah knew of God's terribleness, the Bible states, He that cometh to God believe, must believe that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, um, we, we may feel left out sometimes. You know, I, I, know, I know that uh, I, I've seen some people over the years that have been miraculously healed. I've seen them over the years. And I pray for some of those people, but I, I don't. I don't think my prayer had anything to do with them getting well. I don't believe it did. But at any rate, at any rate, I've seen it. And if, if you're going to come go to God, you must believe that He's going to reward them that diligently seek Him. In Hebrews 11:6, to know God in such a fashion is to ask much and expect much from Him. We got to expect uh, what God. If we pray, we got to expect that God's going to bless us, going to bless us, and uh, they're praying, and we, we've got to. And I realize that, and I know that. I know that for a fact that God does. And uh, uh, I've been in the ministry long enough to know the years that I've been in there. It's just been amazing. 
uh, at the years uh, that what God has done, what I've seen over the years. Somebody asked me one time, well, how do you know? And I've said this before. I know because I've seen a lot. I know because I've experienced a lot. I know because there's a lot that, that I've been confronted with over the years. Yes, I know. I know about these things. I, I understand these things. And, and you better understand yourself sometimes when you understand others and understand the need that others have. Some of the important, importance of intercessory prayer. Nehemiah knew the Lord and he exercised his privilege of praying. He confessed, let thine ear be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of the servant, of, of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night for the children of Israel, for, the, for their servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against which have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. You know, a sinner praying for sinners. Sometimes, sometimes we think that that's not right. Why should I pray, and I'm a sinner, why should I pray for another sinner when I need to clean up my own house? But God will clean up both houses. God will clean up. God will clean up the house you're praying for, and He'll clean up your own house in prayer. That's what that's what intercessory prayer does. It it it, it, it God works on those who pray, and He and He and what and He works on those He pray for. What a great blessing that is that we can pray for one another. The privilege was God's promise to His children. I'm, I'm sorry, the previous was God's promise to his children. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God can do the things that you ask him to do? Sure you do. Sure you believe he can do them. But uh, do, you, do you pray believing that God's going to do them? You have to, or your prayers will never be answered. Uh, and that bothers me sometimes because I know that there's a lot of people that are sick and but you got to realize that life, life does come to an end eventually. It doesn't make any difference what you are, whether you're an animal or whether you're a human or what you are. Life eventually comes to an end. And, it, and it's going to, it, it, as we get older, we're getting closer and closer to that end of, of life. And um, I know people said that well, there's certain things you can take, you can do, that you live live to be a hundred years. You're only going to live to be a hundred years old if God wants you to live to be a hundred years old. You're not going to live to be a hundred years old just because you pray and want to want to ask God. God, God's got your time. You're not going to change God's timing. He says, "Remember, I beseech thee." This is what uh, his his uh, or Nehemiah said, he says, Remember, I beseech thee the word that, I, that thou commandest, saying, If you turn unto me and keep my commandments, I will bring them into the place I have chosen to set my name there. 
in verses 8 and 9. God has promised it. He says, if you, if you pray for them, he says, I'll, I'll see that they, they go where they're supposed to go. I mean, God wants you to pray whether you, we all believe in the, in the sovereignty of God. Every one of us do. And I guess that's what differs us from, from other folks. Uh, in, in a lot, a lot of our, what people believe and what people stand for. Um, I, know, I know somebody told me one time, said, you're one of those old sovereign grace preachers. Uh, what's the difference? I mean, we, we know, we know the Bible is too plain. The Bible is so plain on that, that that God already has already got everything planned out and laid out. Things are not going to change. God's not going to change. And, and you're not going to change God. I've, I've heard people talk about uh, changing the world. You're not going to change the world. God's already got this world taken care of. But he still says that you, you don't pray to satisfy yourself. You pray to satisfy the Lord. That's why you pray. And that's what, I, that's what Nehemiah is referring to here when he says what he says here. He says, let thine ear be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which he has which he have uh, which, which has which we have sinned against thee and I like the way he ended here he says both I and my father's house have sinned. Both I and my father's house have sinned. You know, we're just sinners praying for sinners. That's what we're doing. Sinners praying for sinners. And we ought to pray. We ought to pray for them. And, and I tell you, I hate to see children sick. I, I hate to see animals sick. I hate to see older people sick, but, but I'm telling you, folks, uh, that's one of the things you folks know I've always said. I'm ready to go meet the Lord, but I don't want to suffer. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm suffering. And, and we don't want to suffer. He says, remember, I, I said this, remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest, saying, If you turn unto me and keep my commandments, I will bring them into the palace, I'm sorry, into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Verses 8 and 9. With faith, these are great promises. These are wonderful promises. You, you realize God has a lot of wonderful promises for his children. A lot of them. And, uh, and, um, we find out that he he says, I want to say, well, I want to say this. In our praying, in our prayers, we often ask amiss. If we're not prepared to give the, ourselves unto God and to live for the glory of his name, then we're not ready to pray yet. If you're not ready to do, we, we just sang the song, follow on, follow, follow, follow on. 
Uh, how many give up? How many want to do other things? Want to go other ways? People want people want to do other things. They they don't want to just pray. They don't want to just serve the Lord. They 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 want to they want to do other things. That's that's what Paul warned young Timothy of. He said, "Preach it, preach it." And I've had people tell me uh, from places I've been, they'll say, "Well, you know, since since you left, no one no one is holding the Word of God before them." And 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 uh, said you did it every every Sunday you were there. You held the word of God before them, and and said uh, they don't do that. Nobody's doing that anymore. Well, we we ought to we ought we ought to hold the word of God before people. And and I know I know some people have different uh, motives for what they do, and it's it's what bothers me so much because I know that. There's a lot of people that have different motives for what they're doing. They they do things, but they have different motives for it. And and you see it a lot of times. You see it. People get in trouble because they they've got a different motive for what they're doing. Uh, but um, you got you got to realize that God is the only one that we can go to. He's the only one, as the poet said at the beginning of a message this morning. As the poet said, he said, this is the only way I have of, of, of praying, of, of taking care of my foes, is pray for them. Pray for them. Those, those that persecute you, pray for them. Jesus said, pray for those that persecute you. Pray for those that don't like you. Pray for those that don't care about you. Uh, remember that. Uh, just pray for them. And don't, don't turn against them. Pray for them. Pray, pray that the Lord will see fit to take care of them and will watch out over them. And it, it, it don't make any difference what happens to us. We, that's, that's how we should feel. It doesn't make any difference what happens to us, but we should always be ready to pray for another. We should always be praying for one another. We should pray for one another, and I'm afraid that that's what we're not doing now. We're, we're choosing who we want to pray for. And we, and we don't want to, we don't want to pray for others, you know, and and, and uh, that's that's something that we need to do. We need to pray for everybody, just like I said. Every time I see those children at that Shriners home, there in Cincinnati, Ohio, like I said, I've been there. I, I've been there. I've walked through that place. I walked through that place and see those kids. I tell you, it's it's amazing. See those kids. You see kids. I saw a little boy there was born with no arms and no legs. Now, can you imagine what kind of life he's going to have? But his mom and daddy loved him enough to take him there, and they loved him and cared about him, and uh, that's the way we are. Uh, we, we, we need to thank the Lord every day. I see these little healthy kids running around here flying. We need to Pray and thankful every day that they were born the way they're supposed to be, the way we the way we feel like they should have been born, and that's with two legs, two two arms, and, and whole. And uh, but uh, sometimes we're not thankful for that, 
And I'm thankful for those things. What a great blessing it is. All right, I'm going to close here. Uh, I know I don't pray, for, I don't preach very long anymore, but uh, there's a lot I there's a lot I lot I could say, but people don't want redundant things. 